hey, Evan. Hey, Joe. Hey, what time is it? It's time for another episode of Runtime Run Rundown. Let's go! Hello, everybody. It is actually time for another episode of Runtime Double Time. we got two weeks in a row where we are doing a shorter show. We're going to skip the intro. We're going to skip the outro. Uh, we got some good feedback uh, last week from a couple of people who liked the shorter format, so we're gonna we're gonna try it again, and uh, we may we will probably bring back the longer format um, in the future, and like maybe go back and forth between the two. But this week we got a short episode, and we are gonna be jumping right into uh, an article called "The Ideal PR Is Fifty Lines Long" by Greg Foster. Um, so. Evan, I got a quick question for you. What are you reading? Hello, everybody. Yes, uh, I am reading what you already said I'm reading, which is the ideal PR is 50 lines long. Um, So this is pretty cool. This is from uh, on the blog for Graphite, which is a company that's their, their tagline is simplify and accelerate code review. Um, I, I don't fucking know what they do. So, yeah, so I actually, I do know what they do. And it's funny that you mentioned this because I didn't realize this until literally right before we were going to start the show. Like after I had read the article and everything, I was like, wait, let me find out what graphite does. And they are, uh, it's a company that, that makes software for PR stacking. And I know this because I recently have been looking at software that can help with what PR is that? stacking. Are what you, is no, PR stacking? So PR, PR stacking is when you, um, if you have say for example because this is this is apropos of this article say say you have a 2000 line uh pr you just like accidentally whoops things got away from you and you have 2000 line pr so like one thing you could do is you can split that into a bunch of smaller prs but in order for those to you know if they if they are related to each other they may they uh how, how do i say this like if you uh, if you have them all completely separate, then they're all going to have the same change set in them, right? When you go to merge them into master, there's going to be tons and tons of overlap, except for the like twenty percent that is unique to that specific PR. So a stacked PR set is uh, you have one PR, and then your second PR branches off of that branch, and then your third PR branches off of that branch, and it helps you. Uh, have these like small atomic PRs, uh, except it comes with sort of a downside of you need to merge changes up the chain whenever you whenever you make a change. You know, if somebody makes a suggestion, you make a change to the first one, you need to sort of like merge that change all the way up the chain. And I think that's what Graphite is for. I think that's what they make software for. Oh, okay. So that's one of those things where it's like, I definitely do that. And it's they call it something cool so they can make money off of it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> PR stacking optimization. Yeah. yeah. I'm like, oh, so just like a branching off the thing so that you can just merge the first one. Um, right. Okay, back to the article. So Graphite uh, is is particularly good at you know, they handle uh, reviews. So they they like think a lot about reviews. They talk a lot about reviews. So this whole article is about what's the ideal review, and they claim. The ideal PR is 50 lines long. And if you're not familiar with PR, that's okay. It's called a pull request. Otherwise, sometimes there's like code review requests. That people can call it CRs, PRs, merge requests. You know, there's all sorts of different names for it. It's when you're trying to get your code into wherever the code lives to be permanent. Uh, so if you don't know that, that's okay. We have listeners in all sorts of different parts of their career. So 
always want to do that. So their claim is that the ideal PR is 50 lines long. Um, and their sample set was like all public PRs in GitHub and repos that have been synced with Graphite. So I think it's a pretty large data set. Yeah, it um, sounds like it. Yeah, and they looked at some metrics there that we'll talk about. They give us some caveats. And they go through like each of these metrics and what they saw with PRs from zero to 10 lines, all the way up to 25,000 lines. And we'll go through each one of these things. But the basic metrics that we're going to look at are time to review. So like how fast to merge from when you open the open the review to when it's closed. Revert rate. And that's sort of char- characterized by an actual like get revert, you know, uh, where the, the commit is called revert something. You know, it's got revert in the title, which is not yeah, all reverts. Is. We can talk about that. Yeah. Um, yep. Yeah. And then average number of inline comments, which is like the, the number of comments on the review itself and total code changed over a year. So that's sort of looking at overall efficacy of the uh, engineers in general, like how, how much code is changing over time. So we can get at each one of these things, but the claim is the claim is we'll like either bunk it or debunk it. Um, the ideal, <laughs> is that a thing? Can you bunk something? <laughs> if you could debunk it, you got to bunk it. Yeah. Uh, like there's, that's got to be a thing, right? Yep. Um, that, let's change the name of the show to bunked or debunked. Bunked or debunked. Yeah. <laughs> huh. Okay. So that's the claim. The ideal PR is 50 lines long. They said after pulling the numbers, the ideal code change is 50 lines long. Uh, we can start there. What do you think, Joe? Yeah. I, I mean, so gut, my gut says like, absolutely. That's a great number. If I see a PR, if somebody asks me for a review on a PR and I see 50 line, fifty green lines or like, you know, 25 green lines or 25 red lines, I'm happy. I'm like, yeah, that is, okay. This is something uh, where I can review it pretty, pretty quickly. I can probably get a good sense of, uh, of like what the, ch- what the change is doing. Um, oh, by the way, uh, I noticed on one of these, graphs they say total pr sampled 6.8 million so i had that question too i was like Ooh. i wonder how many yeah that's a lot of pr sampled so um so yeah so that that was my gut my gut instinct is like i wish every pr could be 50 lines long but um you know late as i'm reading through the article something that occurred to me is like well but like sometimes y- you i i guess the the best way i would i could put it is like if you have a pr that's 50 lines long it could maybe hide architectural changes that may be important to have uh, like a larger discussion uh, discussion on. If you have 10 PRs that are each 50 lines long, except that they sort of build towards like they're hiding some some architectural changes that would be more obvious in a 500 line PR, um, that's like a potential downside. They don't really talk about that in, in, this, uh, in this article, but that was just one thing that, um, that occurred to me. Well, okay. Let me level set this real quick because- they don't mention this in the article, but we can make house rules, right? So we, as we talk about it, does the fifty lines include tests? Mm. Yeah, that's a good. That's a good point. I, yeah, I, I, it sounds like it does. Because that's so. That's tough for me to think about because, you know, say you're writing net new code. You, you if you think about like a jest test or a React test, say say you're in front end code or whatever, jest test. You're like 25 lines in before you even test something. Mm-hmm. You know, like there's a lot of stuff that's going to happen before. So you have a new test file. You have to do some imports and you have to write like a, a describe block and then do the thing and, you know, assert something. That's already like 15 lines at least. 
So that leaves you, you know, 35 lines of actual code to write, notwithstanding the fact that your test probably going to be more than that. So I, I would argue that's too short if you're including tests because you should, um, you know, in your, in your PRs. So anyways, I just wanted to get that aside. So I want to read the claim real quick. They said 50 line code changes are reviewed and merged 40% faster than 250 line changes. They're 15% less likely to be reverted than 250 line changes and have 40% more review comments per line changed. If you're median, not average, median, that's important. PR is 50 lines long. You're probably shipping 40% more total code than your teammate writing 200 plus line PRs. So their argument is that 50 lines may not be perfect for all metrics, but it is the sweet spot across speed, review comments, revert rate, and total coding volume, which is arguing that more comments is likely better. Uh, that they're arguing that you get more review comments is a good thing. So that just means like a more robust review. So they're saying that this is the sweet spot, that according to the data, they're saying that time to review, time to merge, review comments per line all get better the smaller you make your PRs, though there's a limit that under 25 lines, you start suffering a higher revert rate as well as a lower total code shift. So I just wanted to say the claim out loud. And, and my... General take is yes, sure, of course, <laughs> great, and it doesn't necessarily like. I think there's, you always want an ideal, so we can talk about what you do to like enforce the ideal. Um, you could have some warnings and stuff like that. I've seen this where it's like, hey, this this review is too big. Consider breaking it up. Like, you know, I have that place I work at, or uh, you know, now where it's like, you know, this little review is too big. We're gonna bust the review. You have to manually mm. override this. Because mm -hmm. it's like 200 lines or 250, more than 250 lines, um, which, you know, is one way to go. But it's definitely hard, though, because there are some things that are big and like need yeah. to be big. And so you brought up this great point, And this is probably my first thing, my first reason to say, you know, you can't always do this. So don't feel bad is small CRs can hide a lot, like it, and not for any bad reason or nefarious purpose. Right. Right. But you just, you can do, ah, my dogs are going to bark. I'm sorry. You <laughs> could do a bunch of 50 line changes that are config changes or something like that. And then you're reviewing them and you go, yeah, this looks fine in its face. But it could completely bork the system because you couldn't see the holistic view. And the developer did yeah, probably see the holistic view as they were building it. They have all that context. But when you remove the ability to see across the spectrum uh, on, on the PR, then like, you know, it's it's unlikely that someone can get a full picture. So they're saying that we have less reverts, and that would, that would like I think their argument is less reverts for fifty lines means that that's not happening. But it's also unlikely you're reverting any one of these particular PRs if you did like in this scenario. Say you ship like ten PRs, and in the aggregate, it like something goes wrong. You're not reverting all ten of those PRs. It's likely you're going to fail forward, and you're going mm, to try and fix like. You're going to fix the problem. You're not going to revert 10 PRs because they're likely intertangled with each other and you'll have merge conflict issues and stuff like that. Uh, whereas if you did the entire change in 500 lines or something like that uh, and it broke, you would revert that. But if you have 10 PRs at 50 lines long, then in the aggregate break something, it's very unlikely you revert all of them. 
or that one of them is the revert, right? So you fail forward. So I don't know that it always is going to capture this type of issue. Yeah, I, I I would bet you're right. the The kind of nice thing about this article is it's it doesn't give he he gives some some th- like thoughts around maybe maybe yeah. why some of these numbers, but he he never like plants a uh you know draws a line in the sand and says this is definitely why this is happening. He never like takes it to the conclusion. He just says like here's the data, like draw whatever uh, conclusions you want, and and here are some of my like potential conclusions. And so I I think that's a good conclusion for you to draw which is that like yeah the fact that they're using prs you know reverts being de- being defined as prs with the word revert in the title like that probably is hiding some things like you're saying failing forward and uh and, and like you might uh, push out a fix instead of instead of a revert i will say the fact that they focus on reverts as like uh what was the what was the number it was uh four um no 15 15% li- less likely to be reverted um that sorry 50 line code changes being 15% less likely to be reverted than 250 line changes that to me is like oh that's a that's a good uh like that seems like a good statistic that seems like a positive correlation um cuz it it's it's one thing to just say oh yeah you're shipping 40% faster and you're getting uh you're getting like you know better review or uh, not better reviews but like more comments f- for example but like to actually say that there re- it results in fewer reverts that seems like it's hard to argue that that's uh that that's a uh, a bad thing or that I agree sorry, argue yeah, that's, that that's a good thing yeah it's very compelling that they cuz i could see you know you think of like dora metrics or something like that can oftentimes blind you to other things where you say mm-hmm. like okay our mean time to merge is like really really high or we're getting tons and tons of changes out um, and then you maybe are not looking as closely at like how often your app is falling over. So right. this, all of these things together, I mean, you get a pretty good picture. So I think, you know, I came out immediately swinging on this, but, uh, in general, my dogma has always been, and I use dogma on purpose there because I've said this a lot, smaller PRs are better. Mm-hmm. You know, when I see a thousand lines, it's like I glaze over and I, and I really don't want to do it. Yeah, because uh, it's really hard. So I love that they looked at that, so that they try and basically hedge all the arguments. It's yeah. not and, that it's just faster, right? And that's also what we do. We do that's what we do on the show is we come out and we're like, "Well, yeah, but what about this? Did you think about we're that?" Bunking it, like yeah, <laughs> we're bunking it. Um, uh, oh, and also, yeah, you mentioned like how some places might institute like uh, guardrails, so that if you go above a certain uh, number of code, uh, number of lines of code, you might have to get a manual override or something like that. The, I just wanted to mention in the conclusion of this article, they point out that like specific changes, he says, uh, specific changes may require you to flex up and down in size, but n- know that doing so might come at a cost. So like, he's not saying like every PR should be exactly 50 lines. Um, he also right. says at the top of the article, if you're looking for a, uh, a range, then like, 25 to 100 is, is a is a uh, good range if you're using these numbers that he gives you as a sign of good. Like it's you know good is an objective is a subjective term, so it may not be good in your eyes. But like in order to get those uh, increases or decreases that he's talking about, 25 to 50 lines. What's interesting to me is like when you get towards the edges of these charts because he he. Um, posts a bunch of charts and graphs on on this article. They're really interesting to look at. I suggest you go take a look at this article because if you look visually, there's like some interesting things going on. One of the interesting things that goes on is that in a lot of these, there is 
you know, there uh, it around the fifty line is like the the low point if you're <clears throat> if you're talking about maybe like time to ship or whatever. It's like the fastest is is uh, around fifty lines, and then it it like a steady curve up. But then the interesting thing is it starts going down again. So it of course never gets back down to where the fifty lines is. But if you get, I'm looking at a, a chart that's like. 25,000 plus lines of code is faster than 2,000 lines of code to get to get shipped. And that's just kind of like an interesting thing to think about. Like he his um his idea is that he says once PRs start to exceed uh 10 lines of code, they seem to become slightly quote unquote safer. So they his theory is that they might be like refactors, which is less about adding new functionality. Um, people might be more reluctant to revert PRs once they get above ten thousand lines because that's going to be uh, that's going you know can create merge conflicts um, for any number of reasons. You might be more reluctant to re- revert a change like that. But um, but yeah, it just uh, I. I immediately gravitated towards the edges towards like the oh what happens at like one line of code and what happens at 25,000 lines of code it's just kind of interesting to look at yeah i definitely think so too so one thing i do want to mention is there's a list of caveats and one caveat that i thought was um you already mentioned one with revert in the title but one thing i thought was interesting was they mentioned that a lot of these are through graphite or like our graphite users um and they they mentioned Graphite users tend to create smaller PRs in general. So maybe some of the data is skewed a little bit mm-hmm. because many of the organizations that use Graphite already used a trunk-based developing a development style, which encourages smaller PRs. And this was something I did want to bring up um, briefly because we th- I largely take that for granted. Trunk-based development is like all – it's just a – it's a Git style, I guess is what you'd call it, or a development style. Uh, it's a strategy where all the developers are committing changes to a single branch like mainline or master um, rather than there's other styles. I don't know if, if some people might work in these, you know, different shops work different ways where you can create like multiple branches for different features or releases and people work off those feature branches for a long period of time and then cut a release where they'll like merge all that in. So there are different ways to work. So I'd say, you know, we're talking about trunk-based development here. I think a lot of people are most comfortable with that, but it is worthwhile calling out that that's not everybody's experience. Uh, so, you know, if you are working on a team where you're not using, you know, trunk-based development, you don't really work off of small, you know, you're not making commits into mainline and you're instead working off like slush branch and you merge that like every three months, your PR might look a little different. <laughs> um you know, your PR might look a little different. So anyways, that was a caveat I wanted to call out. But the you're talking about like the 10,000 line change. This is another thing that I thought would be worth calling out. I've seen some of those. Mm-hmm. And okay, the, the two times I've seen the two like types of 10,000 line or like 8,000 line CRs that I've seen were Java, where it was like... <laughs> Java dependency changes or something mm-hmm. like that. And then it's like precipitates these unbelievable amounts of like automated config changes that mm-hmm. people will have like some code mod for. Or if someone didn't opt out node modules and package locks from, mm-hmm. uh, or sorry, node modules, not, you want to keep your package lock, but node modules from uh, version control. And they'll have like some unbelievably large CR because they kept the node modules in and didn't get ignored. So, I can't imagine someone 
meaningfully writing 10,000 lines of code in trunk-based development and shipping that. Like that's other than a mistake. Like I can't think of how anyone who'd ever do that. Yeah. That was basically my first thought too, is like, oh yeah, I've seen a 7,000 line co- uh, you yeah. know, diff and it, but it's, but it's a yarn lock. It's like a, mostly a yarn lock change or whatever it's, and a yarn lock is like a, it's basically your dependencies lock file where it tells you exactly the versions of each dependency that you're using. Um, and he brings that up in the article too. He basically says like, it could, that could be a reason why some of these, uh, once you get above 10,000 lines, it, it starts to dip a little bit could be because they're like, you know, like you said, uh, auto-generated changes or or something like that. Um, I have seen a, I think it was a, I want to say it was like a 6,000 line uh, PR that uh, ended up being needed to to be broken down and uh, <clears throat> and get a number of other reviewers in on it. You know, they had to like kind of group, group review. It was, it was a, an interesting, interesting PR. Um, I thought that there were a couple, a couple other things here jumped out at me so the um he mentions if we want to land as high volume of code as possible a 2000 line pr merges at the rate of about 12 lines per hour but a 10 line pr merges as at about 0.25 to 2 lines per hour so it's like if you're if you just care about volume which like eh, probably nobody really does but it's just kind of an interesting data point it's an interesting thing to think about is like if you're trying to push the most code into your code base, you want to do it with like a bigger PR, even though it's going to be slower for that one PR to get merged, it will be faster than merging the equivalent number of lines of code over the course of, you know, however many PRs it takes for, for uh, a smaller PR size to get through. Yeah. The, the, the outlier of the 10 line PR merging very slowly, I thought was interesting. And he kind of mentioned this, that, his speculation is that small la- changes like this under 10 lines are, are config changes or dangerous. Like he called them dangerous config changes, I think where yeah. Uh, sub 10 line PRs get into the realm of dangerous config changes, but I'd be curious if this like held true. Mm-hmm. Um, I kind of think that is, I, I mean, I, I I've seen a lot of like 10 line changes, like really, really super easy. Oh, like I got to change it up. Um, a constant like a string or something like that for translations or whatever but then yeah, i can like also code think of like, or something yeah code owner. it's just something whatever small um or like a prop name i don't know mm-hmm. but uh i can think of like sketchy really small changes that i've mm-hmm. seen where it's like we're gonna change the resource limit for this thing yep you know to like from x to y and you go like uh. right from like <laughs> point point or from two thousand uh you know, whatever, uh, 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 I'm thinking about like Kubernetes changes, like CPU. Yep. Yeah, or, exactly. Or remember, I was like, thinking you know, about Kubernetes two, changes. Two, well. gig, two gigabytes going down to 0.1 megabyte or something. Yeah. <laughs> so, and oh. it's like a one line change in Terraform or something like that, or wherever yep. you're doing it. And, and you're just like, oh shit, <laughs> like, <laughs> I don't want to be the one to review this because that one line change belies like some enormous amount of testing that should have been done or research should have been done. But Anyways, uh, so time to review and time to merge. Yeah, I, I love that, that the 2000 line PR merges faster. Um, but okay, there's revert rate by PR size. Can we get into this one? Mm-hmm. Okay, so same sort of high level conclusion. Smaller PRs are reverted less than large PRs. Okay, the the least reverted PRs 
are between 25 and 50 lines. But the edges, like you said, are kind of interesting. Sub 10 line PRs are reverted noticeably more. And I think we kind of just mentioned the reason for that. Mm-hmm. Um, that it's probably like, oh, sh- the resource change didn't work. Everything fell over like un- undo, undo. <laughs> also, it's just far easier to revert yeah. a sub ten line change. Like, yep. you know, when you when you go to revert, someone if someone has the next person has developed on that, that revert gets exponentially hard or could get a lot harder. Right, mm-hmm. the bigger the revert, the more developers in high velocity environments changing on top of your code means that your revert is no longer a clean revert. It's like a rebase revert, and yep. you know. That's sketchy. So the other funny part is once you get beyond 10,000 lines of code, they get safer. You already mentioned this because no one wants to do that. Uh, And I just think like it's unlikely, like we already talked about, but it's unlikely you're ever going to be doing meaningful stuff that you can point to a revert for that and not just fail forward. So the cost of a 10,000 line revert seems really high to me as opposed to like, there's no way that all of those 10,000 lines cause the problem. Exactly. You know, or maybe there yep. is, but I say, I, I say all this axiomatically. It's not true. It's just like, it's very unlikely that 10,000 lines of code were a problem. What's <laughs> more likely is like some of those lines of code were a problem. So yep. you don't want to do the get revert. And like, like we said in the beginning in the caveat, this is get reverts. Like you're reverting the entire commit uh, or you're reverting the whole thing. So, my argument here would probably be people are probably failing, falling forward, failing forward where they're fixing specific things yeah, uh, yeah. and just accepting the downtime. Yeah. I think even a, even a thousand line change or a 500 line change, it would probably be easier to, uh, you know, make a PR that says fix in the title instead of revert or yep. whatever. Yeah, like, exactly. You know, I, I would be curious how you would, you know, how I would think about going about like tr- trying to track that, trying to track uh, reverts that aren't full reverts, you know, like, um, yeah, I, I don't know. I'd have to think about that when I'm not, uh, currently speaking into a microphone, but, uh, but it's an interesting <laughs> thing to think about because it is so easy to just use the keyword revert to, to, uh, to signify a revert, but we all know that there are many other ways that you can ship a fix, or I guess I should say that indicate that you did ship a bug. Uh, other than other than just reverting, yeah. Uh, also, by the way, this this graph for revert rate said there's 10 million PRs sampled, so this is you know fairly compelling data sets here. Um, yep. Okay, yeah. Average number of inline comments by PR size. This is a cool one, where you have to decide what you're optimizing for. A fast merge or an in-depth code review. Mm-hmm. Now, I won't, I won't make any opinions on that one. <laughs> um, but if you want uh, the most feedback on a single PR, <laughs> and who doesn't love feedback on a PR? I love feedback. Get, yeah, this yeah. one is like we got to talk about. <laughs> do we want this? Like, um, yeah, do we want this? So, I mean, if you uh, want the. Uh, of course, we want somebody looking yes. at checking, checking us. Like that's. I don't I, want arbitrary comment numbers right, though. Like, right. oh, I'm getting. Th- <laughs> this just is funny. Okay, okay, okay. If you want the most feedback in a single PR, write a length of one to two thousand lines. If you want the highest chance of a blind stamp, keep it under ten lines because they just YOLO those things. I don't know. <laughs> uh, and then, like, the I think the ideal. If you care about maximizing the amount of engagement 
in feedback on your code over the long run, and, and feedback and engagement is judged by comments per line, your best uh, write, your best bet is to write small PRs. They're more digestible. So like like we said, that 100 or 50 lines, uh, the more digestible you get, like let's see 50 lines of code or something like that, you're going to get uh, a comment on every 39 lines of code. Cool. Yeah. Um, <laughs> So what do you think about that? Do we, so do we want to shoot for more comments? Yeah, I do have a thought about this because my first thought about this is, is why would you, why would you like actively (laughs) go for more, for more comments? But I think then I thought about the flip side and it made me think like not all PRs are the same. There are some PRs that you want to just, you're trying to get your feature out. You're trying to deliver you know exactly what needs to be done and you're just going to do it. And those are the cases where like it's a very well-defined output and it's either going to cause a bug or it's either going to like ship a feature and it's going to add some new value to your to your your code. Um that's one type of PR. I would say that's probably like the majority of, of PRs uh if you're doing things uh well. But there's another type of PR which is like a type of PR where you are you are intentionally making an architectural change or an architectural suggestion and you actually are looking for engagement on that PR. It's like a way of, uh, instead of writing an issue where you're just talking through an issue in uh, English or whatever language you're you're speaking, um, human language, you're actually like using a uh, a PR, might even be a draft PR to to, like get engagement and get talk through the problem, except that you're talking through it in code. You can actually like use the code that you've written. And maybe it is a couple thousand lines, because if you're making like a a suggestion for something that's fairly major, that might change a whole part of a system. Like it's probably going to be a pretty big PR and and it is going to be less clearly defined than something where you know exactly what feature you have to ship. Um, So yeah, so so that's a case where I do think you might actually want to optimize for like, oh, what's going to actually get uh, get me some good feedback on this PR in terms of, I want to have a discussion about the direction of this code base and uh, the direction of some potential changes and maybe some trade-offs that we can make. And, and if that's the case, then yeah, I mean, maybe you do want more engagement. Maybe you're trying, try, shooting for more feedback. So this is, a, this is an interesting one. Comments like code comments and CR or PR is like a sensitive topic, I guess, or can be a sensitive topic to me because the it's really, really dependent on the type of comments that you're getting and stuff like that. Um, you know, I, I've definitely seen cultures, code review cultures, where uh, people are attempting to like change code in their image through PRs and they'll leave a ton of comments mm-hmm. on stuff. Be like, this should be this way. This should be this way. This should be this way. And you get a ton and ton of comments and it's not valuable for anybody. So I, I, I struggle against arbitrary, like, okay, we're getting lots of feedback on this. Um, when I hear about what you're saying, we're like, okay, I want to put up, uh, I want to put up code to get feedback on it for something like an architecture review. That is so super valid. I think about those as draft or whips. Mm-hmm. Uh, CRs, PRs, where you literally have like draft or whip um, in the title. It's not meant to be merged in its current state. It's meant to be proof of concept. And I think of those as part of like an RFC or something like that, where you're yep. saying like, okay, here, here's an idea. Uh, here's how I would do it. What do you think? 
and you're looking for specifically, you're looking for feedback on that. I I think once you're in the the phase where you are writing production code that is attempting to be merged into mainline, that I would say, you know, at that point, I'd want people not to be navel gazing. Yeah. At that point in time. So I would yeah. say maybe that's not the place that I would look for that. I would look for, okay, this this is going to be an issue here. This is going to does this work? Is it, you know, is this in the right place? Is this code in the right place? Does this code work as we think it's going to work? Um, and like make any adjustments from there. So yeah, I don't know. I have lots of thoughts about inline comments. And I, that changes year by year for me, to be totally honest. Like it, mm. it changes all the time. Mm-hmm. Earlier on, I was like, I'm gonna comment on every fucking thing I see. Um <laughs> Because like I gotta I yeah I gotta know people gotta know you know and, and right. like, over time I was like that nope not gonna do that because yeah. <laughs> it's stupid and I hate it so you know do unto others right um, and now later it's like okay I'll leave a lot of non blocking I'll leave not a lot I the comments I leave are rarely blocking comments yeah a lot of them are like learning comments or knit comments and I'll say take it or leave it. I think there's an improvement that could be made here. You know, can I learn a little bit more what your choices were here to get enough clarity for me to say, I trust this developer. I can reasonably assume what their shipping is not going to set us back or something like that. And we're not going to develop an unreasonable amount of technical debt because of this change, um, you know, versus the, the benefit that it offers and go from there. So that's sort of where I'm at now. And I think I, maybe I tend to leave now on average, Less than I did in the beginning, but more than I did in the middle. Mm-hmm. Um, but they're non-blocking. Where earlier I was like, earlier my Chris like axiom, you know, I was just like, you got to fix this. Like it's yeah. broken, it's broken. You know, so it's kind of funny how that goes over time. It, yeah, it really is. I I hadn't thought about that, but um, but yeah. Oh, well, let me back up to what you're saying. I totally agree about the draft PRs uh, versus like a uh, ready for review. You know, once you've marked it ready for review, you should yep. probably be expecting and receiving fewer comments than you were when it was in draft form. And yeah, I wonder. Like, I don't have a sense of uh, if they were able to track that. You know, I don't know if this if this data tracks that stuff. Um, kind of seems like it would. Uh, but I don't know if it only tracks PRs that are getting merged. I guess I guess it probably would because they are they have a lot of data around like time to merge and, and that kind of thing. But anyway, yeah. So so yeah, what I was what I was describing was like more of a draft or work in progress uh, situation. Interesting what you say about the about how your your uh, comment length has changed over over the course of you know past number of years. I, th- I think mine has too. I certainly uh, my comments have gotten less. Uh, less sort of like, yeah, dogmatic or um, more just sort of like suggestion. Here, Here's optional suggestion. I'll, I'll often prefix my comments with that. And, but I think uh, that's also maybe partially a function of um, the seniority of the people that we're working with. It's like, a- and also like uh, probably the fact that I work on teams that write a lot of tests like that that have have well-tested code so i don't need to leave the comments like oh does this work the way that you know it's or either i don't need to leave comments like that like is this how is this working i don't know that i've ever left that comment anyway but i don't need to i don't need to like uh i don't need to do quite as much uh look for bugs because i can see that they have tests that pass that like uh that capture a lot of that in uh in code um which is nice because the other thing I was going to say is we we both used to work at a place that I think unintentionally 
incentivized leaving a lot of thorough review comments at a late stage in the review. And I think it was like partially an experiment, uh, but it it just did it. I saw it go poorly and I saw a lot of people um, frustrated with the amount of comments that they were that were being left on their PRs. And also a lot of people who I think like you just sort of alluded to, you're like, I didn't even like do like leaving that <laughs> that many comments and and, and all that. Yeah. So, yeah. It's uh, it is interesting. Um, I definitely find myself if I go to leave a comment, I'm more often than not, I'm more explicit about like, hey, this is this is optional or whatever. I agree. Um, okay, so we are at runtime double time. So let's get to this last section and then try let's and wrap it. it up because it's already 36 minutes, dude. How do we how do we do this? Okay. Last section was total code output. And I think this is cool that they track this because uh, it could be short-sighted to say, you know, we're just writing super writing super fast, lots of comments, and we're chugging them out. Uh, but they they argue like maybe you think writing small PR is gonna lead to less code output. That we all want to be high velocity, but there are times you need to be high volume, which are two different things. Um, small pipe, same amount of water, goes very fast. Large pipe, same amount of water, doesn't move as fast. Right? Uh, so you want you want you need more total water. That wasn't a very good metaphor, but just no, go ahead. And I just think it was. It. Yeah. Oh, okay, cool. Thanks. Yeah. Um, so consistently writing sub twenty line PRs uh, has a significant impact on your net coding ability because, like, you could you know maybe get I guess them out faster or something like that, but writing PRs greater than writing grading uh, PRs greater than hundred lines. I just totally, my brain just farted, <laughs> but the highest volume coders in repositories have a medium change size of only 40 to 80 lines. Um, Cause there's like a change size, which is 40 to 80 lines times speed of changes. And these are the fastest speed of changes. Like we said, 50 line PRs. So uh, too small of changes and the faster merge time doesn't make up for it because you're merging 10 lines of code, you know, marginally faster than 50 lines of code. Too large and you get weighted down. Yep. I'm going to cut because my dogs agree with me. <laughs> your dogs are great. Your dogs are great. I, I always enjoy hearing your dogs in the back. I don't know. It, dear listener, please write in, dear listener, if you like hearing Evan's dogs. Uh, I, always, I always like it. <laughs> it's not fun for me. But anyways, okay, yeah, too large, and you get weighed down by slower review and merge cycles. So you can you can review or merge, you know, two thousand lines of code or something like that in like a week. You can review, you know, twenty of those fifty line PRs in the same time. Overall, they kind of average this out to be the fifty line PR is the the best balance of total size and total speed. Yep. Uh, we'll just cover the conclusion real quick. Uh, basically, yeah, I mean, it's kind of what you just said, like f around 50 lines is the ideal if you are trying to optimize for these certain things, um, you know, uh, time to release, um, lower re revert rate as, as uh, judged by the word revert in the title. Um, but there's always the caveat, which is like, sometimes you're not going to be able to ship a 50 line uh, PR and that's fine. Like you got to be able to have some flex in the system. Um, and also with these caveats that like, or I guess I would say maybe we added this caveat that like this company is, it, it sort of exists to incentivize people to, uh, write smaller PRs or, or, you know, they, they're kind of pitch here is that like, is that their product is, is going to help you get to, uh, that, that number, but I think it's an interesting, um, interesting study. You know, they they pulled these numbers from a lot of uh, from a, a lot of PRs, and it doesn't seem like the type of 
thing where they are trying to fudge numbers or like make it look a specific way in order to make their argument. It does actually look like it's, um, you know, some interesting conclusions can be drawn from this. Yeah, I uh, think it's a great conclusion. Yeah, yeah. And I, I think also uh, there's a whole other thing we should talk about, but not today, which is feature flags because you can't do this without feature flags. Right. Uh, unless you're shipping complete features in 50 lines. Yeah. So there's like a whole nother world here that just is not talked about that it's likely people are shipping code behind feature flags because you really can't ship complete features in 50 lines, which uh, goes back to our original, one of the arguments I think they made right in the beginning, which is it's, a, you know, you could be shipping pieces of code that don't make any sense apart but makes sense when put together. And that is really tough on the reviewer. So like, you know, use your best judgment here. If it's going to be, if it's going to make more sense for the holistic picture, ship a bigger PR, even if it's slower. That's right. Uh, and if you want to know more about feature flags, go listen to our episode on feature flags. <gasps> That's right. We did that. Oh, we have like <laughs> a back, we have a back catalog now. That's that right. To. Episode 38. No, I don't know. if it's episode. I have no idea what episode. Use the search feature on the website. Yeah, uh, yeah, exactly. All right. Well, that is going to do it. We're going to get out of here. Um, I will say thank you, Raf and Scott, for uh, for letting us know that the shorter format, that that you enjoyed the shorter format. Dear listener, if you enjoyed it, let us know. Uh, at the same website, runtimerundown.com. Uh, leave a suggestion for us. Uh, or if you didn't like it, let us know that you like the, the usual format. Evan, do you want to take us out? I mean, you kind of covered so You did a good job. Uh, the only thing I'll say is that you didn't cover um, is runtimerundown.com slash suggestions is where you can do that, right? You can you can leave those notes for us. Uh, Raph and Scott did that. Thank you so much. Uh, and just leave us a, a review. We haven't gotten a review in a little while. And every day that passes where I don't get a review, that Sarah McLaughlin song plays a little bit louder <laughs> in my head. Like, in the eyes of an angel. And my eyes get bigger and wider and more puppy-like. And it's very sad. <laughs> so definitely leave us a five-star review. Uh, and tell your, tell your friends uh, about us. And that's pretty much it. We'll probably do another runtime double time next week, unless you tell us not to. That's uh, it. All right. Well, Evan, I hope you have a great week. Listener, I hope you have a wonderful week, and we will see you right back here next week. See you next week.